All right, welcome to Seminar 98's commentary. With us today, we've got our writers from short stories, Patrick Regan. Hello, hello. From Pep Talk, Caitlin, Cl Caitlin Kleiman. Sorry. Hello. And then our directors for today are Jeff Robeson. Hello, good to be here. Adam Blanford. Hello, hello. And what might be slightly confusing for everyone at home is I'm also a director, host and director, Garen Fitzgerald. Hi, 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 hi. So, uh, yeah, since we don't have a lot of time for the rappers. Oh, oh my gosh, and how could I forget, of course, <laughs> our executive producer, Tilly. Uh, fine, you're, you're totally not fired. Don't worry. Wait sorry. It's the boss. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> No, it's fine. Oh it's really kind of a goof that I'm here because I didn't do much for this episode other than approve everybody's uh, stuff when you sent it in because you were all awesome and right on, on top of things. So, Aw, thank you. Aw. Oh, gosh, I'm so nervous. This is the first time hosting one of these commentaries. I totally forgot my boss. Okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you have nowhere to go but up. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's always a good thing to do. It's like... First run through is always terrible. Second one, perfect. So with that said, getting into the rappers, uh, well, uh, who directed that? That was uh, Adam for the, the rappers? That was me. Yeah, so what do you think about putting this one together? What, what was fun about this? Uh, these rappers? So this one was a little challenging because there was no imminent death or destruction. And so sitting there going, okay, you know, what's the, what's the tone? of this scene. And I actually was talking with Caitlin about it because I was like, okay, I can't figure out what kind of music to put to it. What's going on with it. So, um, I, I found this first scene really challenging, but ultimately I realized that I already had the piece of music that I wanted, uh, from the last episode. It, it fit perfectly. And, uh, I just had a good time putting all that together and just uh, the interplay of the characters. Nice. Yeah, I love the system sounds and like the elevator sounds you put in there. They're real, I don't know, they clicked for me. <laughs> I I have this, uh, I have this thing about, uh, I want to be, I want it to be as three-dimensional as possible. So I always try to add in as much texture as the scene can bear. So mm -hmm. yeah, I kept sticking stuff in there. Because uh, the, uh, the instructions were, uh, everything's shutting down. So I'm like, okay, um, how the hell am I going to make everything shut down? <laughs> Ah, yeah, I get that now. Yeah. And as Alex, I knew that gleaning context most. And you said this was a little bit challenging because, like, uh, stitching all together the music and and figuring out what the crescendo point would kind of be. So, working on this, uh, what was the kind of build for you? Like, what were you building toward in this scene? I mean, well, I was really trying to to build toward just the relationship between Thomas and New. I mean, they're they're forging this kind of new dynamic um i mean i've listened to thomas i mean I, I listen to the the episodes as i'm doing transcripts and whatnot and uh you know thomas's tone has shifted a little bit because he no longer has alice or alex um to, to lean on he's got this completely unknown person and so he's he's coming out of his shell um news trying to figure out what what they are and so it's a it's a complete evolution of this this relationship so it's really trying to figure out what they're doing with, with each other and what they're doing in the face of this um, not quite present danger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, well, that said, now we're jumping into short stories. So uh, why don't we start with the writer this time, Patrick. How did you come up with this idea? <laughs> if you, 
if you're a long time uh, fan, you might remember me from an earlier short, uh, story uh, last year uh, called Plague Angel, which was a oh, I story. Love that one. Uh, thank you. Uh, that one was about a, as you may remember, a uh, uh, the victim of a plague essentially being found and still having the plague inside of her. And then there were other supernatural hijinks. And I wrote that in 2019. And it was based on a dream. And, you know, I, it, was, it was fun. I enjoyed writing it. Um, I, I enjoyed doing this. Uh, you know, Tilly had invited me to do it. I have never really done anything like this before. Um, I didn't really think much of it until it was time to record the commentary. I think that was in April or May of 2020. Mm -hmm when we were dealing uh, with an actual plague and it sort of felt like, oh dear God, what have I done? Am I summoning <laughs> these actual stories into being? Yeah. Uh, and that is literally what is going on here. Um, you are in fact listening to two actors portraying Tilly and myself. Um, and I, I, I don't know about you Tilly, I find it extremely weird <laughs> to hear. But definitely. It's me, but not me. Um, <laughs> It, it, I find it very surreal, um, but yeah, I just sort of took that and then every every short story, by the way, that that I quote unquote pitch in this is another is is actual an idea that I may actually write up uh, for seminar in the future. Um, it's going to be metatextual all the way through. Yeah, like yeah, this is just this is the most metatextual thing I've ever written. Grad school Patrick would have loved this. <laughs> uh, Jeff, Jeff is the one that directed this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And I will say, uh, Tilly, the first thing I did when I scanned the script was I saw there were no fight scenes, and I said, "Yes, thank God." <laughs> I said, I, "I need a break from doing uh, uh, shorts with uh, with fight scenes in them and twelve or fourteen layers of sound effects." Um, slightly exaggerating there. So I, I scanned it and I said, oh, most of this is a is a Zoom call or a series of Zoom calls. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on about six or seven of those a day. I think I've got this. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun one to edit. Uh, the actor, by the way, playing Patrick is also a Patrick and did a phenomenal job. Um, both actors did, uh, you know, a really, really fun one to edit um, the transition from, you know, meeting up at the bar to uh, being in the in the thick of the pandemic, uh, stuck at home uh, was fun to fun to work on. Incidentally, Tilly. Uh, and for anyone who's in the Los Angeles area, in my mind, the bar in question is the Guildhall. Naturally, that's where we actually met. So yeah, that's where I was about to say that was, that was where we first <laughs> met in person. I think we met on Twitter first. Yeah. Um, but I, I, of course, that's where I had my head. Nice. So I mean, uh, did did you, uh, Jeff and Patrick, did you guys talk while putting this together, or did you work completely like you just wrote it, Patrick and Jeff, you just edited it together? Uh, totally independently of each other. Yeah, I did not know the backstory. I did not realize as I edited this that uh, that the plague story was one that uh, I, I had not yet listened to that episode of Seminar, so I did not make the connection. <laughs> now I feel kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Patrick, a quick question. For voice actors, it's always weird for us to hear ourselves back later. Is it weird to write yourself and then read it back later? Yes. Super <laughs> <laughs> weird. Um, Were you like, that's not exactly how the character should talk now, is it? I, I have to rewrite I mean, that scene. <laughs> you know, I, I I was more, it was less weird to hear not Tilly. Uh, I'm just going to call the actor playing Tilly not Tilly. I can't call the actor playing me Christine. not Christine. Christine did a fine job. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
uh, the act, I can't call the actor playing me not Patrick because he is Pat because he's a Patrick, right? Um, so like, I know I I know Tilly, I I I think I know Tilly pretty well, but you know I'm I am not in her head in the way that I'm in my own head. So like right, he, right. myself was a little bit weird because I could more directly go. I wouldn't do that, but then I'm like, this isn't actually me, and then I I I had to get drunk because there was clearly no other way out of this problem. <laughs> oh, the fixer of all, right? Beer. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. So uh after you guys got to listen to the final product, I mean, any thoughts on uh how you did or any thoughts about what you might have done differently? Well, I like, I like this part where my prediction actually did end up coming true. Done it twice now. So. Now, did it come true for real, for real, or just in the story? Oh, I'm sorry. Did it come from true for real, for real, or just in the story? Well, I mean, the the he's Tilly is very, very clearly instructing me to uh, write a story about uh, a vaccine being oh right yes. in the election going a certain way. <laughs> so you did write the story, uh, right? <laughs> So I guess I can just assume that I'm a wizard. All right, great. Well, now we're back into the second rapper. And Caitlin, um, <laughs> you know, the, the question always comes up, like, how do you, like, because you write the rappers after you see the shorts for the episode. Oh, that's so not what, me. <laughs> oh. Uh, but the, so that's oh, Cat shit, Pride. No. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. understandable oh, confusion, yes. Oh, my goodness. Caitlin, yep. Okay, I could like we said. He just writes every other damn thing for this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I can only go up from here. But uh, well, that said, uh, (laughs) Adam, is there anything more you want to say about the rappers, like this section? Well, um, I I had fun with it because you know, like new is is. uh, What's really great is that the actors were were really getting into it. Um, The actor who played new. Uh, had two really good clips for for laughing, and uh, Thomas uh, the, the, Dan Foster actually uh, improvised a little bit. You know, he's like, "Remember to breathe," you know, because he can't figure out what's going on. <laughs> so I thought, you know, the, the tension here needs to be drawn out. So I actually used both clips from uh, Cena Breyer's um, performance of laughing hysterically and just kind of intermixed them, like like, and, and tried to get it so that you're really like having a total hysterical breakdown. And um, and it came out beautifully. And it was really due to them because they did such a good job. And I was able to fit all those pieces together. Yeah, I got to say, like, my heart just let go when when Cena started laughing. It was like, it was just so infectious. It was great. So good job on that. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, and uh, now we're into pep talk. So, Caitlin, this is your spot. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Okay, when I was working on this and uh, directing it, my first question was, where did she get these spell names? <laughs> oh, no, I have an easy answer to that. I, it Google, sort of, I thought of, like, what is the spell? And then I Googled Latin words that related to the spell. That, oh, okay. Yeah, because some of them were self-evident, like the, the bird spell, the rat spell, right. yeah. the snake yeah. spell. But Yeah, they um, all have some sort of Latin root. Yeah, but when it came to, like, Undaras... And um, what was either Ladinum or Lapidum? Lapidum. Yeah. Yeah. I was just sitting there. It's like, what am I going to do with these? So I, I kind of <laughs> dug into the um, the sea witch tutor for Undaras, and it's like, okay, it's a giant wave. And then oh, um, yeah, yeah. For for Lapidum, 
I was just like, well, Lapis Azula, rock, like it's just an earthquake. So it's like, okay, she she sends a wave of water, and uh, the other girl sends a wave of rock back at her. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you did a great job. Well, in my apology, that's something as a writer that I probably could have spelled out better. But I don't know. I just gave you a spell name, and you made it beautiful. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I did appreciate that there was no description given, because it's like, all right, this is my ball. My ball. I got it. Um, But then... So what what inspired this story? Like, what were the chief inspirations you used to come up with the setting, the characters, and, and the story itself? Well, so the, the setting was honestly, I was just sort of in a mood to do something in a fantasy environment. I haven't really done that lately. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of the, the general gist that I was going for of the, the sea hag in particular is that I love a good curmudgeonly mentor. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of what I wanted to build off of is sort of a, an, an actual good curmudgeonly mentor, not someone that's like actually doing a bad job at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause Ursula was like, yeah, I, I really, I appreciated Ursula. I think we and, all need uh, one sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I think we could all try to be like Ursula more often. Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah, like, maybe a little more polite, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, because for me, when I was reading through the script, I got a real, like, I just started imagining like Young Justice, Teen Titans kind of action. Um, oh, cute. With, yeah, yeah. Because like my kids have been watching that. So I, I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Because it's like annoying teenagers and uh, way too much destruction. So yeah, well, yeah, because it's a little, a little bit Harry Potter in a way too, because it's like a school and everyone's supposed to be really young. And uh, yeah. mm. oh my gosh, but the headmaster um, Magdalena, the actress. Oh my gosh, is so good. <laughs> I know, I know. When I when I was reading her her lines, I just imagined her with like a martini in hand. Oh yeah, hammered. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a mix between like absolutely fabulous and um, oh, I can't remember the woman's name in Sex in the City, but like the uh, the you, you know what I mean, like the super laid back yes. bad girl of the group. I don't remember her name either, but yes, <laughs> yeah. So when I was listening to all the auditions, and then I I, I heard uh, oh gosh, I can't, I should have written down all the actors and actresses' names. I'm a fool, but um, the actress who played Magdalena, I was just like, oh my god, she's got it. It was so great. She was solid, and some of that was ad lib, right? Or did I forget what I wrote? <laughs> oh no, she she did she did ad lib a couple of things here and there, like um, when she introduces the second fight. She's like, "What even is my life?" Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> was like, that was beautiful. It's like, it like that has to stay in. That has to stay in. Yeah, I love a good ad lib. Like I, I want it. Lisa Snyder. Ah yes. Yeah, and she she just nailed it. I was so glad yes. for that. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, so like any any uh, secret sauce you want to share for us about like how you got through writing this script or uh, what kind of research terms you might have been using? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I wish I had like (laughs) helpful secret sauce tips for getting through a script. To be honest, I've thought about it lately. When I submit sort of a flurry of seminar scripts, which Tilly has come to see occasionally, Mm -hmm. it's usually because I'm procrastinating something else, which is what makes it easier to write because I feel like I'm being productive. 
Right. Um, So, yeah, yeah. I don't have any, like, good method. It just sort of happens sometimes, usually when I should be working on something else. So have something else important to do and start writing. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Actually, yeah, maybe that's the tip. Find something you should be doing, and then you'll want to write. I apologize for interrupting on someone else's story, but I want to add that is actually exactly how I write seminar scripts as well. Excellent. (laughs) That makes me happy. Oh, good. Okay, that's the secret sauce. I'm going to start applying it. And if everybody starts complaining about me meeting, missing deadlines, I'm going to blame you guys. <laughs> I mean, hang one now in the middle of this commentary. Hey! <laughs> oh, but actually, this part right at the end here, when I, uh, like, I sent this out as part of the casting call, but when it got to this point where... Um, Oh, I can't remember any of the characters' names now. Uh, Kells, when she's Kells. going through this monologue about why she wants to do magic. I, I heard the music before I found it. Oh, nice. And then when I found it uh, on the, the Tune Peddler, the website we use, I was just like, there it is. I just found it. It's perfect. Yeah, it, it's like, it really tugs nicely. Oh, wait, no, we're only in the middle part right now, huh? But yeah, same thing. Like, there's the two I mean, this music's where... good, too. <laughs> <laughs> but th- there's the two points where, like... So there's the two fights, and I've got, like, rock and music for those. Yeah, it felt like a video game. Yeah, and there's, like, the heartfelt moments um, in the middle and the end. And I-, I liked the first one because it's it's not, like, traditionally heartfelt. Because Ursula's like, I mean, you could just give up. If you're, yeah. little, you know, if you if you want to if you want to do that, you could give up. And Kel's like, "Hey, I don't want to give up." And she's like, "All right, fine. We'll come and practice tomorrow. Stop whining." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny because, like, with Ursula's lines there, she's being tough, but I could feel like this warmth under the surface that she's holding back, so that Kel's makes the decision herself, rather than Ursula telling her, like, forcing her into a decision. Which I really appreciated, because like coming from a musical background, my best teachers have always been the ones who who did that, where they were like, "Here's the reality, and it's up to you." And it's like, yeah, actually, for anything hard, I feel like that's sort of what a lot of people need to go through. Like anything in entertainment, really, <laughs> you know, like yeah. writing too. But that's kind of how I feel with writing, actually. That it's hard, and it might not work out, but I want to write anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, like, that part was really touching for me, but I wasn't sure how other listeners would take it, because it, it's not like that traditional, like, you could do it, just put your right. mind to yeah. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you could do anything. It's like, no, you can't. But you can try. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was the realistic version. Yeah. Keeping it real. And I really liked that. Yeah, it's still a pep talk. Yeah. That's right. So we've got quite a few minutes left, and I'm running out of questions. So let's open the floor to everybody else. You guys have any comments, questions, anything you want to throw out there? Concerns, things you hate. <laughs> Crickets. Great music selection for uh, for this uh, short, Garen. I was just going to say. Oh, this thank is, you. Uh, this is pumping me up. I'm enjoying the guitar. Yeah. Oh, my God. The snake, though, here. Oh, the snake was so much fun. Because I, I was oh, like, good. how do I... How do I make it sound like a snake is getting bigger? And one of the sound effects I pulled was like this snake slothing skin sound, like it's slothing on the skin. And I was like, there we go. Let's make it gross. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the cut there especially was Teen Titans influenced because it's like mayhem and like the snake comes forward and you hear the guy scream and then it's just like, <laughs> well, that could have gone better. Because <laughs> I was thinking about how to do the transition. I was like, well, there's no graceful transition after a snake almost eats a guy. So, <laughs> yeah, there's no smooth way out of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, for, for people doing sound design out there, um, something I found that kind of works really well and is that uh, I try to pick sounds that identify the characters immediately. So Tabitha here, every time she moves, you hear this like jingling jewelry thing. Cause I just imagined her as like the rich jerky girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, for Kells, I just had like, you can just hear her boots because she's, I, I figure she's like, she's not very rich. Seems like a boot girl. Yeah. yeah. And um, the same kind of thing for Ursula, just heavier boots. But yeah, it's like it, it really helps, I find, when putting a scene together where even when your characters aren't talking, have a sound associated with them so that like people know they're still there, even if they're not talking. Because like um, in one of the previous shorts I edited, uh, uh, Sleeping Arrangement, um, there's one counselor who's writing in a book all the time. And then there's the big like beefy counselor who's being a, a jerky kind of guy trying to wrap his head around the you know, the now. And um, so whenever she's not talking, I have her scribbling in her notebook. And then that kind of fades out when other things start happening. And then when she comes back in, I inserted some scribbling before she started talking. So people are like, where'd she go? Where'd she come from? So just a little thing out there, like give your characters identifiable sounds. Would you say that's something helpful for uh, writers of, of audio dramas to keep in mind when, when writing? I think if there's like something real, like you really feel identifies the character, then you could put that in the script. But none of these things were put in the script. I just kind of took them contextually um, and came up with them on my own while I was editing things together. So it could be helpful. But it, again, it could kind of be constraining the way that uh, Caitlin didn't describe the spells, you know, like. If she had put a specific thing into the spells, I might have been like, oh, geez, I got to match that. But because she didn't, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Not true. Yeah, that would have probably made your life harder, actually, if I was super specific about it. I could have figured it out, but. You well, know, that's true. You're a wizard, it. so it's fine. <laughs> These are the joys of collaborative art, right? We each build yeah. upon what the other has done and we create something new and unique that none of us could have done alone. And that's why I love doing this. Yeah, Yay. absolutely. Also, apropos of nothing, I'm still shocked that Tilly let me submit that story. <laughs> I was. I did wonder how that went. <laughs> I, I I was convinced that she was going to say, "Patrick, we we can't do this." Like I was convinced <laughs> that this was just something I wrote as a joke and it would go nowhere. Too much. The more absurd the things are, the more I tend to love them. So I just expect <laughs> your next one to be about me becoming a millionaire, and then it'll go right through. So it'll be no problem. And, you know, if you if you do become a millionaire, you're going to spread that around, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Totally to all the people who remember when I'm on a commentary. Quick editor's note. There was, in fact, further witty repartee in regards to Tilly's future millions and the distribution thereof. It got eaten by Craig. Craig, you know who you are. There was also a question to Adam about sound effects that he found interesting or difficult to implement in this final section of the rappers. 
Without further ado, here comes his answer. What's that shuttle bay going to sound like? And, um, you know, how are they going to get to it? So I, I was playing with all kinds of, of sounds uh, from account, where our account's based. And so I, I was I was messing with all kinds of sounds, and I, then I just threw it all together. I tend to just kind of take a whole bunch of stuff and then just mix it all together, and it usually comes out. Sometimes it's total, you know, sludge, but this seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, uh the sounds felt really like I mean contextually correct and like gritty and they really put you there. So I, I really appreciated what you did there. Thank you. And you had to um, uh, you had to match Zerosh to past episodes just by ear, right? Yes. Because I remember, didn't we talk about that? Yeah. Yes, I I, uh, I messed with some different um, yeah I messed with some different voice settings for Zerosh and uh, eventually I got something that sounded pretty close. Um, I decided not to have him glitch this time because it's just a, a pain to try and, you know, just insert the, the extra syllables and all that. So I, I figured at that point, maybe some backup system kicked in to keep him alive for a few minutes longer. For sure. And, uh, you know, kept it going. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. Hey, this credit announcer is really good. I was just yeah, man, thinking that. Say. He's so He's amazing. He was so easy to yeah. insert as well. Like, oh my gosh, flawless. <laughs> <laughs> all right and that is the commentary so thanks very much for coming everybody hope you all listening at home had a good time and uh yeah thanks for listening <laughs> all right it was a pleasure <laughs>